from the Free Music Archive and WFMU's Talks Cheap, this is Gray Area, a new podcast featuring music from the Free Music Archive, curated MP3 gems that you can download for free and include in podcasts like this one. My name's Jason Siegel, and today I'll be chatting with Eric Stoyer towards the middle of the program. Uh, Eric is the creative director of Creative Commons, and they're the nonprofit institution that makes podcasts like this one possible. So we'll talk a little bit about how that works, and uh, this track that we're listening to in the background from Lee Rossevier, it's called Do What You Can, and it was curated for the Free Music Archive by CBC Radio's tech and culture program, Spark, who... Uh, have been real prominent users of Creative Commons licensed music because it allows them to turn their program into a podcast without making a pod-safe version. But earlier this month, they announced that they're actually going to stop using Creative Commons music due to the restrictions in uh, Creative Commons non-commercial licenses, which are by far the most prominent. To gain a better understanding of the situation, Eric Story and I are going to crack open this recent study into how the online population defines non-commercial use, and we'll talk about how this might play into the future of Creative Commons. Speaking of the future, CC is currently in the midst of their superhero campaign. Gearing up for big future plans, more info about that at creativecommons.org. But uh, before we dig into the future, let's take a listen back to the past. You know, Eric Stoyer is also a musician in Meanest Man Contest, and uh, he, before coming to Creative Commons, worked at Wired Magazine. Back in 2004, he helped put together this fantastic compilation of Creative Commons music called the Wired CD Rip Sample Mash Share, featured music by Spoon, My Morning Jacket, Gilberto Gilles, Dan the Automator, Le Tigre, Chuck D, uh, Cornelius, DJ Danger Mouse, David Byrne, and this track from the Beastie Boys called Now Get Busy.
You're listening to WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope Worldwide on the World Wide Web at WFMU.org. And uh, we just heard a set of Creative Commons music. You can download from all sorts of points on the World Wide Web, including WFMU's curated social music website, the Free Music Archive. There are links in the playlist. And uh, we heard most recently from Karaoke Mouse. I should say, we've got Eric Eric Stoyer from Creative Commons to talk in just a moment. Um, after we recap music from that last set. So we heard from Karaoke Mouse with Shanghai Reggae DJ Side's alternate take um, compiled in a number of places, including NetBlock, Block Sonic's uh, compilation music to accompany the world traveler. We heard from Donkey out of Switzerland with the, the song Quixote off of Term. Uh, we heard from the Bird Names from Chicago. They've relocated to Atlanta, or to Athens, rather, and they're currently on tour. And that was the song People Should Get More Aware off of Bird Names. Sing, sings the Browns. Los Amparito from Mexico with El Barzon from their collection of demos. Kenlo Crack Nukes from French Canada. From the album Bruin, we heard La Combe Mocha and Beastie Boys at the top of the set with Get Busy off of the Wired CD Rip Smash, or Rip Sample Mash Share uh, collection of Creative Commons music from some pretty big names like David Byrne, uh, My Morning Jacket, Spoon, Gilberto Gilles, Chuck D, La Tigre, uh, it's a really awesome compilation. You can download it all sorts of places because it's music that the artists want to be shared under a Creative Commons license. And uh, let's see, Eric, Eric, are you are you uh, are you with us there? I certainly am. All right, Eric. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. It's uh, I know it's pretty early out there on the West Coast, um, but. I uh, wanted to talk to you about, well, first of all, you know, I think a lot of people listening might not even quite understand what Creative Commons is. You're the, the creative director of this nonprofit organization and uh, basically providing licenses to enable sharing and, uh, and collaboration online. And if you could just explain a little bit about, about kind of what Creative Commons is. Absolutely. And it's uh, awesome to talk to you. So we're a nonprofit organization, and our mission is to make sharing of knowledge and culture easy and legal. So that includes things like cultural production that um, comes out of people who make music video, write things, take photos, all that kind of stuff, as well as people who create materials that can be used for educational purposes and people who work with data and in the science uh, world as well. We, we create legal tools that facilitate easy and legal sharing in all these worlds. So the sort of signature tools that we have are copyright licenses, Creative Commons licenses. And when you're on the web and you see things that are signaled 
with a Creative Commons license that tell you what kind of permissions you and the rest of the public have to that work. That's um, part of our license suite that we've been offering for the last few years. And we support those licenses. We, uh, My job specifically is to work with companies, cultural institutions, artists, etc. and explain to them how Creative Commons licensing works, how it can benefit them, where they might find Creative Commons license content that other people have created that they might be able to use for their own projects and essentially work with them to build strategic ways to use openness and um, content that gives people permission to use it in ways that can benefit both the people who have created that content and the people who would be able to use it and build upon it. Yeah, that's uh, so. So, Creative Commons offers this suite of licenses, and uh, and I think that this distinction between pe- you know the creators who choose a license, and then people out there who are looking to use music in, in new ways that uh, you know, or, or use uh, not just music, but but all sorts of creative work and uh, science uh, work data can all be licensed under a Creative Commons license, which says that if you follow these certain guidelines, you're allowed to share. Um, and in some cases build upon, like remix or use in a video. Uh, so one of uh, one of the uh, the terms that I want to talk about is this non this idea of non commercial because I think that to creators non commercial clause makes a lot of sense. I mean I'm I use it for some of my own work and, and Eric I believe you you do too for Meanest Man contest right, which is right. Your, your your hip hop group. Um, and then, and then people who are looking to use uh, Creative Commons music that says you can share it as long as it's for non-commercial use. Um, sometimes there's, you know, the ways that artists want the music to be shared doesn't quite uh, get across to people who are looking to use the music. And the latest example is the CBC uh, radio had been using Creative Commons music for their podcasts but due to uh, the fact that, that uh, you know, what, what is it, like 60-70% of the music out there on the web that is licensed under Creative Commons has the non-commercial clause right. in it. It's actually probably more like 80. So it's the vast majority of music that's licensed under Creative Commons. Licenses are under non-commercial licenses. And it's for the reasons that you described, that for music people who create it, by and large, come to us because they're interested in sharing that music, but also having... Um, you know, res- the ability to reserve exclusively the commercial rights to that music. So they're happy for people to do things like share the music with their friends, put it on mixes, play it in podcasts if they're not selling ads in that podcast, um, you know, set it to a video, make something new out of it, sample it and you know, make a mashup out of it, those kinds of things. But they want to reserve the exclusive rights to make commercial use of it. So one of the things you indicated at the beginning is that uh, what is commercial use question is something that comes up a lot and some would say that Creative Commons licenses are sort of vague when it comes to what non-commercial use is but what we think about that is that essentially these are non-commercial licenses they actually couldn't be more clear in the sense that they don't facilitate commercial uses they are for licensing to the public non-commercial uses and if there's someone who is not sure about whether their use of a piece of content under that license is going to violate that license and be a commercial use then they should either ask that person if they can have the rights that they specifically need to do that on top of that non-commercial license or they should go look for material that is 
license more openly, more freely, stuff that's under the commercial license. So while there's only probably about 20% of the music that's under Creative Commons licenses that's available for commercial use, we're still talking about hundreds of thousands of songs because there are millions of songs out there that are under Creative Commons licenses. So there is lots of stuff out there that if you feel like you are going to be possibly in violation of someone's non-commercial license, that you should look for the other other kinds of material that's out there that is more openly licensed or like I say ask that person you know can I also have these additional rights the the Creative Commons licenses it's an important point about them is that they're non-exclusive meaning that I can put my material out there under Creative Commons license but I'm also not giving up any of my abilities to enter into separate agreements on a one-off basis with people who need additional rights that aren't granted to them through the Creative Commons license so so uh, with with the case of CBC they they basically decided you know, some of some of their podcasts are going to be uh, airing in places that that have uh, advertisements, and that even though CBC is you know funded by the the Canadian government, uh, you know by the public, um, they were they were basically having to go and and ask uh, artists who had their work out under a non commercial license if this would be okay with them. And what I've what I've seen is a lot of people in kind of the the super lefty like free culture community especially the people who came out of the free software uh community are, are really adamant that that the non-commercial clause you know if if people are having to go and then ask then it's like i guess i guess i guess i've seen a lot of people saying well yeah. why uh you know what what's the point then but i think that from from a musician's right. perspective it makes a lot of, a lot of sense to have right. this non-commercial clause and uh right to to kind of help alleviate the situation it looks like uh well well eric i'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about this study into defining non-commercial use that the creative commons did because to me it, it sort of sounds like you know how, how could anybody anticipate all the different ways that people might use creative commons music whether it's posting an mp3 on a blog that has some advertising just to help you know pay for hosting you know is that a commercial use um so what were, the, what were some of the interesting things that came out of that study? Absolutely. So the most interesting things to me that came out of that study were that um, sort of counterintuitively, or at least not, this is not the, the, the uh, results that I thought we would get, people who license under a non-commercial license, so someone who creates something and puts down under, under a non-commercial license, actually has a more liberal definition of what non-commercial use is than people uh, who might be on the licensee end, so people who would be using content. So by and large, what we saw is that if I'm going to be licensing something under a non-commercial license, I'd actually tend to have a more permissive attitude about what constitutes non-commercial use than I would be if I were someone going to look at uh, an array of stuff that was under a non-commercial license and possibly take it and want to use it. So those people tend to be more conservative in their definitions of what non-commercial is. Hmm. That was the most interesting finding. I mean, that's... Um, yeah, so, it's, I mean... It's, 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 it suggests that, that, that you know part of the debate is a little bit slightly hypothetical. I mean, it's a very real debate, and we see instances... You know, constantly, where people are discussing whether a use is non-commercial or not, but in in in, in terms of uh, whether this really is a sticking point, uh, it, often it turns out that um, from the what the study would indicate is that you know that that, that the the attitudes about it don't don't line up in a way that makes it so some so much of a, a difficult conflict to resolve. 
Yeah, I mean, in the case of uh, the CBC Radio podcasts, you know, we had Spark, uh, this great tech culture program, actually curate some of the Creative Commons music that they discovered for the Free Music Archive through the the Creative Commons guest curation series. And uh, so I was in touch with the producer, or uh, one of the producers ab- about the program, and uh, you know, he 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 told me that he's in in re- you know reaching out to artists who license their work under non commercial use, pretty much. All of them, except for one, I'm not sure. I'm not sure who was totally thrilled to have their music included in this podcast and this radio program that's uh, broadcast all throughout Canada on satellite radio and and terrestrial radio and and uh, podcasts. So, you know, I, I, uh, to me as as a musician, I would think that non-commercial use should should include. Uh, Podcasts by like a nonprofit, or are, are there are are the f- future versions of the uh, of Creative Commons licenses going to incorporate any of of these findings? I guess is what I'm asking. Right. So I don't think that the licenses themselves will include any of that information, but because what they you know really do say is that without any gray area around it. A non-commercial license is just that. It only facilitates non-commercial use. So even the examples that you were describing before, despite the fact that a lot of those artists were very interested in continuing to have their music be in this, uh, they were asked. And so that, you know, they, they were able to give permission and they, they, they did feel very excited about that because there was going to be this opportunity for them to get their music out there to a big new audience. But I don't think it would have been appropriate. I think it was correct for the CBC to reach out to those people individually if there was um, uh, some, you know, they didn't have complete clarity. I would, Mm-hmm. Over whether they're used to going to be non-commercial um, or not, but and and I think they handled that correctly. But essentially, what they did then is they used the music outside of the context of the Creative Commons licenses. They essentially did make other arrangements with the individuals who created the music, and so that was a separate sort of agreement that they had. And I think that that's great. But again, the the licenses themselves, I don't think will change in that regard because they clearly do just specify that these licenses acts are, um, you know, they're intended to facilitate non-commercial use. I think that what we could do a better job of is that as we iterate on the licenses, release new versions, and even at the current versions, create more um, sort of. You know, useful documentation explanations on our website and other places that describe to people exactly what our take on this situation is. And then take wouldn't just be something that we, you know, an opinion that we have as a group of people who've worked on this and have lawyers and that kind of stuff, but, but, but really using the different situations and concerns and conversations that we've witnessed over the last several years and incorporate those kinds of opinions, including the stuff that came from the non-commercial survey, and really kind of come up with some better public-facing messaging about what it is to, that we mean by non-commercial. But, you know, like I say, and I don't mean to be glib, but when people ask me what does non-commercial use mean in the context of these licenses, it's really just that. If you're going to be making any kind of use that could be considered a commercial use, then you you, you have to consider the fact that you may be um, if, if not violating the license, violating the spirit of it, possibly because the person that put their music out there under that license may not have intended to facilitate any kind of commercial use. And that may include even a nonprofit or, uh, organization putting out a podcast that they then plan to sell and or uh, put ads on. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good point, Eric. And uh, I guess the thing, the thing, you know, if you're somebody looking to use music, that's licensed under a Creative Commons license, and and you're not sure if your use falls in, into the non-commercial category. Uh, you don't want to you don't want to find yourself ba- basically 
the, the licenses build upon copyright, so you would be liable for copyright infringement if, uh, if you use a non-commercially licensed work in a way that could be construed as a commercial use. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, well, I, I don't know if it's a good thing if somebody at some point, if there's like a, a lawsuit and the precedent gets set, or if, if that kind of, the standards just come from, uh, kind of the way that the world understands non-commercial, uh, and I think that the non-commercial, you know, defining non-commercial study that Creative Commons has done is going to be a really great service in, uh, continuing the Creative Commons mission. And uh, you guys are in the midst of the superheroes campaign to kind of power power Creative Commons. Uh, what, what are some of the, uh, the projects on the horizon for Creative Commons that the superheroes uh, fundraiser is going to help help make possible? Yeah, absolutely. So this is uh, the midst of our annual fundraising campaign. We're calling this one the Superheroes Campaign, and we're doing that so that we can highlight some of the stories of the people who use Creative Commons licenses and openness and interesting new approaches built into models of distribution, etc., to highlight their stories and you know talk to those people about what it is that they do and why they support this this idea, this <clears throat> approach, these you know tools, this organization, etc. So um, we're looking to by the end of the year, raise five hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars from the public. That's part of our mandate as a nonprofit is to raise public money, and we're doing well so far. And I think we're easily on track to to uh, make this happen by the end of the year. Uh, the kinds of projects that we have coming up, you know, we just released um, a tool called the uh, the PDM, the Public Domain Marker, and uh, what that is is a legal tool that enables people who um, have identified content um, that is in the public domain to market more clearly because right now it's not uh, you, you can use our tools easily to distribute your own work that you've created in a variety of ways but this is a way for people who have identified works out there that there is either no known copyright status or that is clearly in the public domain but is not being expressed in that way uh, to market as such. So there's more information about it including a great set of questions FAQs by our general counsel on our website. So we'll be doing uh, more stuff like that, you know, upgrading our legal tools, um, creating new legal tools. And something that we did this year that we're also going to be building on with this campaign and future ones is something called uh, the Catalyst Campaign, which is where we work with, uh, we, we essentially have an open process where people can submit grant applications to Creative Commons for small grants to work on projects that help build the commons in a variety of ways. So that could be doing things like new studies, new research that uh, that does better jobs defining things like non-commercial, etc. Um, or doing research and projects and uh, collaborations into new fields that Creative Commons licensing tools aren't already um, making enough impact in. So this is a oh, invitation to a, uh, all of our global affiliates and people all over the world who are interested. And we had this process a few months back where people, we just got an incredible amount of great ideas uh, pitched to us through this program. We, we selected, I believe it was 10, and we gave them funding through this, this fundraising program that we 
that we did, and we're going to be able to work with all of them to you know, do in a much more distributed way the kind of work the Creative Commons wants to see happen. So that's uh, something that I really hope we'll see again next year as a program like that, where we can leverage the community of really engaged, enthusiastic, excited, and, and smart people to uh, come up with ideas for things that Creative Commons should be doing and help us actually execute on them by um, giving them funding to, to manage those projects on their own. It's all very exciting, yeah. And the the Catalyst Grant Program is uh, you, you guys are doing good work at, at Creative Commons, and uh, these licenses they haven't they haven't been around for all that long, you know, two thousand three or so. Yeah, and I mean that's you know something I always think about is that you know, there are hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions of, of, of works out there under Creative Commons licenses, and they're not works that we've created or put out there. It's like we just you know, created and support this licensing infrastructure, and there are people out there constantly contributing to the commons, the collection of work that people can take and use and share and remix and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, this, this is a body of work that didn't, didn't exist in that way at all before uh, this, this community came around to leverage the tools that we created. So it's yeah. just a testament to the fact, I always think about it, it's a testament to the fact that, you know, we, we, we came around with the right idea at the right time. If we hadn't done it, someone else would have, and it's not so much a Creative Commons, um, you know, organized this. We couldn't have organized it if we tried. It's just that people, uh, you know, are excited about the idea of sharing and are looking to articulate it through a brand, through a set of tools, through, through a community. And so that's, that's, uh, that's what's happened. Well, it's, it's also uh, going to make my podcast possible. Did I tell you, Eric, this is going to be the first uh, podcast that I'm doing for my program. You know, I always play a lot of Creative Commons music from the Free Music Archive um, and, uh, and from throughout, throughout the web. And uh, thanks to the Creative Commons license, this is music that I don't have to go out and ask every single artist if I can, if I can include their song in uh in just this one podcast because they've already said yes as right. long as it's non-commercial and you follow uh you know these the set of guidelines and attribute the artist podcasting is totally totally cool and it uh it'll support the artists and it'll uh it'll be a fun fun thing for you out there listening hopefully uh you can you can check out the podcast to go and it's obviously not going to be the entire program um like what's going on out there <laughs> in oh, san francisco yeah I, yeah I am living in a city of crime here apparently i'm sorry about that um well eric thank you so much for joining me thank and, you uh, I, mean, I couldn't be a, a bigger fan of what you're doing i mean i'm serious like uh, free music archives one of my favorite projects out there and uh, certainly one of the coolest examples of the way that um curation and creative commons content can work together and it's just an awesome project so oh, it's really a, so much. A, always a lot of pleasure to talk to you and uh, I hope I hope you'll be back at some point as this podcast uh, thing kicks off. So, uh, Eric Story, thank you so much for for calling in this morning. And uh, yeah, we'll hear we'll hear some Creative Commons music right right about now. Oh, I should tell you what we've been listening to in the background. Which is currently uh, Lee. We've got Lee Rossevere from, uh, actually he, uh, he was on that, uh, CBC Spark curated, uh, compilation of Creative Commons music that, that Dan Meisner, the producer of the radio program Spark, compiled for us. 
on the Free Music Archive through uh, the Creative Commons guest curation series. Um, and I guess he was actually one of the artists who had his work out under a non-commercial license, but was happy to have his work included in the CBC Radio podcasts. Let's hear now from a... This is actually from, from a really cool compilation of music that's been... Uh, This is uh, a listen with Sarah. From a compilation. It's a, a tribute to Raymond Scott that's actually sanctioned. So people reworking Raymond Scott's music um, sanctioned by by Raymond Scott's and the people who control Raymond Scott's music good people and let's listen to listen with Sarah reimagining the Raymond Scott song Portofino in this track which is called Re-Portofino here on WFMU Thank you. 
Check it. Hey yo, Stevie love the synthesizer, so do I. But I feel like I'm the simplifier. That's no lie. If you need to come and get the fire, then come by. Best believe I'ma take you higher. I'm so fly. If you come along for the flight, we could take off. And now I only grab the mic to get the cake off. I used to do shows for free, and I still do. I'm hype, but supposedly I'm a chill dude. You know that no one is iller. I'm a bigger man. Don't know if the flow is Diller or it's Jigger man. The soul head's gonna get you till I get a grand. Still, I see the bigger picture. So I set a plan for all of us to take over from the underground until you see me on the top. Yeah, that's not the ground. Until I see you hardly. To me, you tardy. To the F U T U R E. This is future music. This is future music. We could live in the past, die in the present. But this is future music. This is future music. This is future music. We could live in the past and die yeah. in the present. This is future music. We used to set up mics, record the three tracks. I know your pro tools wouldn't even believe that. See, in the old school, you would do it in one take. And now all your producers is using the drum break. My snare smacked like the sound that a gun made. While I prepare tracks that's illegal in one state. That's your mind, I define it the best, y'all. Expand it so I remind you of Les Paul. Tommy Dow gotta kill the zone of feeling is strong like Philip Ramon. You're feeling your bones. Studios, you're placing your houses. We went from knobs to faders, faders to mouses. Either way, it give you something to bounce with. I'm like years beyond, it'll force you to count quick. Until I see you hardly, to me, you tardy. To the F U T U R E. This is future music. Live in the past, die in the present. This is future music. This is future music. This is future music. We could live in the past, die in the present. This is future music. Yeah, it's feeling like the. Yeah. Everybody sound the same So I try to get around the game Without sounding lame These major labels try to compound the blame Getting the load off, I ain't down for fame From your TV screens to your radio airwaves Opportunities tighter than hair braids Pretty soon my space is their space But their space never been our choice Let's say that I'm our voice Hypothetically, I'm representing me Descended of the 70s, I send it heavenly Pretty soon the iTunes embedded in a child's brain A file gain them to the final frame Oh, you made a song, now you a boss now? The stakes are high, I'm bringing the cause down Until I see you hardly, I leave this party To the F-U-T-U-R-E You know what that spell, right? Yeah, it's feeling like the
Thank you so much for listening to Talks Cheap this morning, and <laughs> in the background we've got new music from Eusebio from Local Records in Romania. Let's actually get back to some of the background music that we heard earlier in the show, which was Yacht, Ring the Bell, Instrumental. We heard from Patrick Lee with Quitting Time. And uh, towards the end of that last set, we heard from Meanest Man Contest, which features Eric Stoyer, the creative director of Creative Commons, who we spoke with earlier in the program about Creative Commons 
and uh, this is part of a compilation compiled by Cash Music doing great things with open source code for musicians part of their thank you compilation to thank people for supporting Cash Music last year it's also got music from Renminbi 50 Foot Wave Learning Music The Franks Family of the Year you can download a copy and it's licensed under a Creative Commons license more details click through and check out the album Ball Pen before that new music from Labelle Net Label one of my favorite new net labels hailing from Italy this is just their fifth release and it's ball pen music inspired by dreams from somebody who's been playing percussion since they were young uh, and then at the end of the album description it says and by the way this album has been recorded inside a cardboard box and if you actually download the thing from the label net label site the thing by which I mean the release pack you can get a chance to win a ball pen pajama and it says in my opinion you can get a chance to win so that's pretty cool uh, Big Blood sort of heroes of the free music archive before ball pen with the song four four beating lungs off of already gone to one of many many albums that they've got up on the fma for free download nine albums in total we heard from the bavarian drug lords with gold soul off of homemade lo-fi psych number four sound explosions compilation of lo-fi psych music as we switch the back out music to Lee Rossevier Stormbox uh, before the Bavarian Drug Lords we heard from Sixth Sense and Future Music off of the It's Another Ground compilation from Sixth Sense's own Another Ground label and net label great 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 producer from right here in the state of New Jersey and at the top of the set we heard from Listen With Sarah Re Portofino off of Cyclic Bits, the Raymond Scott Variations on Chinstrap Music, and all of that you can download from the Free Music Archive. Lots more from, I think, all of these artists there and out there on the internet, and uh, also ways to support the artists if you like what you hear, and if you like uh, Creative Commons that makes it possible. They are holding their superhero campaign right now. More info at creativecommons.org. This is Talks Cheap on WFMU East Orange, WFM... WMFU, Mount Hope, worldwide on the World Wide Web at WFMU.org. I'll be back next week with Thrones, and Joe Preston is in the building. I can see him loading uh, stuff in through the front door. It's going to be really awesome. So be sure to tune in next week, and be sure to stay tuned for Joe Belock. He's up next with the Three Chord Monty here on WFMU. Uh, no, 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 no. Three Chord Monty. That was live on the air. This is the podcast. Thanks so much for listening to Gray Area, and I hope you will subscribe to this podcast and check out freemusicarchive.org to download all the music that you heard here. And uh, 
I'll be posting the playlist with more info about all these artists in the FMA forum. All right, see you next time.